0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the last episode of Season 5, Episode 105. And today I'm talking with Vova Feldman of Freemius. Vova is somebody that I met at WordCamp US uh, a year ago, so actually about a year ago, right? This is the week of WordCamp US as this episode comes out. And he is an incredibly interesting person. Uh, He talked about how he started a blog with WordPress and realized quickly that uh, WordPress is the largest and least monetized platform, and he set out to change that by building Freemius. His story is really interesting. He offers a lot of really great e commerce and marketing and sales advice, and he talks about how he dog foods his own product. He built a small premium plugin that he still sells on Freemius to this day. So I think this is a really great way to wrap up season five. It's been a big milestone season for the show. I've had a lot of fantastic guests and Vova is high up there as uh, one of my favorite interviews. And so I'm really excited to uh, for you to listen and, and get in on the action here. So we'll get into all of that in a minute. But first, I do need to tell you about our sponsors. And so Pantheon has made this entire season possible. They sponsored all of season five you'll be hearing about them later in the show but I do want to express my thanks to them for this entire season here at the top of the show Uh, the show would not have been possible without their financial support and I deeply deeply appreciate it so make sure to listen in uh, on their pitch later in the show it's also brought to you by creator courses you've heard me over the last couple of weeks talk about uh, how WordPress 5.0 is coming and uh, the editor is changing. And Creator Courses has a lot of uh, courses for WordPress 5.0. So if you're interested in those, uh, go take a look over at CreatorCourses.com/Gutenberg and use the coupon code BuildIt for a discount. So that's all the housekeeping stuff. Without further ado. Let's get on with the show. So why don't you tell us a a little bit about who you are and and what you do and um, the idea behind Freemius.
1: Sure. So my name is Bova. Um, I've been doing startups in the past nine, ten years. Uh, Freemius is my fourth startup and the one that I'm most excited about. Um, So in a few words, Freemius is the easiest way to sell and market WordPress plugins and themes. Uh, in a few more words, it's an e-commerce engine as a service uh, that solves all the pains for developers. So, plugin thing developers can focus on building their product instead of taking care of all the hassle, um, which is around the e-commerce side, the maintenance, etc.
0: Nice, very nice. So uh, that's that's cool. You say that you are most excited about this one. Um, uh, how did you how did you come up with the idea for it?
1: Uh, So it's not a short story, but I'll try to be brief. (laughs) Uh, Back in 2010, I was doing a lot of things related to natural language processing and computer vision and something that I wanted to share with the world because I gained a lot of knowledge. Uh, And I was looking to build a blog, Okay, to have a blog. I was not familiar with WordPress or any other content management systems. So for me, building a blog, uh, the idea was actually to develop that myself, because I'm coming from a technical background. Um, I started to collect different components that I wanted to have in my blog. And one of the things that I realized is I would like to have that interactive, right? I'm writing something. I want to get feedback. and want to write. Uh, so I knew that comments are not converting very well because people are lazy. Uh, by definition, and I wanted so I thought about you know, like five star ratings, like this, like thing. Uh, and I started to search the web, look for some widget that I could add to the website because back then it was like the widgets era you know, you put some JavaScript and things are working, and I couldn't find anything for like five star rating. So I said, okay, let's just build it. Uh, and I built it, deployed it, and people started to use that. Uh, Moving forward like two and a half years, I sustained that project as a hobby thing. And after my previous company got acquired, I decided to monetize it. Uh, joined with another guy. We spent about a year uh, to taking it from absolutely free project to a fully commercial, freemium product. Uh, it took us a year, but what was really interesting to see is after that year, we managed to build this growing subscription-based business, but nothing in the product changed at all. It remained the same thing that I built in a few weekends of my spare time in 2010. So this disproportion between the time it takes to build a product, especially in the open source ecosystem like WordPress, to turn it into a commercial solution kind of blew our minds. And this is where we said, okay, there is... a you know, a big problem, but also an opportunity in the market. So let's try to solve that. And this is where, you know, Freemius came uh, as an idea.
0: Nice, very nice. So uh, so you created uh, a rating plugin, essentially, uh, for, for WordPress, or you built that standalone first?
1: So it, it was a... A JavaScript, it was a service, right? That you gotcha, just inject gotcha. the JavaScript. And over the years, uh, I started to receive requests from people saying, hey, maybe like we don't know how to take that and put it into WordPress yes. because it's still not trivial to add JavaScript into WordPress. Uh, maybe you will build a plugin. And after I received a few dozens of those, I said, okay, let's check what's going on. What is this thing called WordPress? And then I got exposed to this whole community and everything. Uh, which eventually led to, you know, building, wrapping the service also into WordPress plugin.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And so, uh, so that realization kind of spawned uh, uh, or maybe um, awoken something in you to say like, hey, we can build uh, a really good business off of this open source software. Uh, so then where does Freemius come into all this? Um,
1: so... As I said, freemius came after we actually turned it to a you know, fully functional business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually a rating widget, like we have a bunch of extensions for different platforms, not only WordPress, but Shopify, Wix, uh, things that don't have official marketplaces like Squarespace, etc. And we learned the different dynamics and also saw numbers from different ecosystems and the reason we kind of said, okay, WordPress is a great place to start with is because, obviously, it's the largest, right? Right now, it's 31% of the web. That's what they say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's the least monetized, right? There are so many plugins and themes. Uh, most of them are built by developers. Um And many of these developers are really passionate about these side projects and they wish they could turn that into their full-time gig, Um, but they can't really afford themselves, you know, to quit their job and see if it will work or not. So most of them just keep maintaining that and one day they will either move to that or most likely they will ditch the project because, you know, they have to bring food to their families. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the reason, you know, to 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 start and focus on WordPress more on the than the other platforms. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Cool. So, uh, I'm looking at the website right now and uh you know, you compare Freemius to things like WooCommerce and EDD, uh CodeCanyon. Um did a whole lot what kind of research, I guess, did you do uh you know, as you were building out Freemius? Um a lot of people on the show talk about how they were scratching their own itch, uh, which it sounds like you were doing something very similar. Yeah. Um, but as far as like deciding what features to, to bring and um, pricing model and stuff like that, what kind of research did you do?
1: So I would say there was like the pre- preliminary research about whether we should, you know, work on that at all before even taking the features. Um and for that, I started to, I was not involved in the workers' community at all, even though I was, you know, running a company that sells to that community. I was never involved. Uh, so I started, you know, to poke relevant people that are from the target audience, uh, cold emailing them, you know, chasing them on Facebook, going to WordCamps. Every, you know, every relevant event that had... Plug-in theme developers. I try to be there in order to talk with these people, understand their challenges, their pains, uh, and also show them, you know, an MVP of what we're thinking, you know, to build, and get their feedback to see how they react to that. And that so that was like the initial phase um, to understand whether it's compelling to the target audience at all. Uh, then the second stage was kind of evaluate the, the potential of the market. Uh, so specifically me, okay, I'm looking to build uh, larger things, not small businesses or lifestyle businesses. Uh, so WordPress is probably not, at least in the plugins and themes, it's not a, a billion dollar market today, but it's not far from that, Okay. It's not the real estate, it's not the, you know, automotive and things like that. But we had to do the calculations and see that there is um, a big enough opportunity for us to actually step into that journey because it's a learning journey. And, you know, I prefer whatever business, and this is something that I had these discussions with uh, multiple people in the workforce ecosystem is it doesn't matter whether it's a lifestyle or like a startup type business. Because it's, you know, when it's our baby, we usually tend to really work hard on that. Mm -hmm. So if I'm already, you know, committing a suicide on some idea, on some company, I would rather do something that is very big and could lead to a life-changing event and not work on something for many years and then just sell that. And it doesn't change anything in my life.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor, Gutenberg, are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare, including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io slash Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now... Back to the show. I feel at least being in the WordPress community, basically my whole life, I started in 2004. Um, there's a lot of just build it and see what happens. But I, I really, I like what you said, you know, when it's our baby, we tend to work really hard on it. And if we're going to put everything we have into it, then um, it's better be made. Yeah, it better. Yeah, we we don't want to end up in the same place, you know, six months or two or two years from now. We we want to be in a different place because, uh, well, we might as well have gotten a full time job then, right? If, yep, if we absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Oh man, probably that's work less hours.
1: By the way, but. yeah, yeah,
0: that that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you said about not wanting to build a lifestyle business too, right? You're, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna go all in, then you're not you're not just working nine to five. Um, that's, that's great, great advice. And, and you call to people, that's, that's another piece of advice that comes up a lot. I've been hearing that a lot more lately. And I think it's maybe something that bears repeating because, um, it's easy to like market to an email list or ask for a poll, but actually talking to people about their pain points forges, I think, a better connection with those people. Cool. Uh so you mentioned that you are a a, a developer you were working on natural language processing which in and of itself we could probably talk for like an hour on. Um so I'm excited to ask you this the the title question which is how did you build it cuz uh I'm curious um do you still do you still work with like code on an everyday basis?
1: Uh I do. I try to do more. Unfortunately, I don't have Uh, much of the privilege to do that because, you know, there is a lot of management and marketing-related stuff. Uh, And (laughs) this is actually something that many people in our ecosystem kind of missing is that developing is great and it's fun and you build products, but if you don't sell it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mm. So, yeah, I still try, you know, to to develop. Uh, And actually, right now, it's kind of a period where, where I have more time to work to do some development. Uh, in terms of how we build Freemius, uh a lot of uh, work, many hours, and tears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, are you asking from like the technical point of view, or?
0: Uh, yeah, whatever you feel most comfortable answering. You know, a lot of developers listen to the show, so if you want to get into dev stack, that's great. If you want to talk more high level, that's good too.
1: Um, Okay, I will try to be in between. Uh, So, so even though we are targeting the WordPress ecosystem, we don't use WordPress much uh, because WordPress, like it it was built for, you know, it's a content management system. Uh, And, you know, yes, there are e commerce right now and other things on top of that. uh, But it's probably not the best solution when you're building. Something custom, uh, it won't work uh, efficiently as it could, uh, etc. So we build the things ourselves. Uh, over the years, uh, I know, I'm sure every developer has this, you know, evolving library of infrastructure-related stuff that just getting better and better, like your own personal framework. So we didn't choose like Laravel or something. I'm not sure if it was there when we started, by the way. Gotcha, um, yeah. So it's mostly custom-built code. It isn't PHP, um, because, again, we're in the WordPress space, and it, it made sense to kind of you know, be uh, in line with that. We also have components, like front-end components, in Angular JS and Angular 5. Um, and what else? Yeah, the rest is... And we recently started to actually use page builders for marketing stuff. Uh, oh, nice. nice! Yeah, so it, it took us. We wrote an article about it. I think a year ago or something, um, which is actually many developers are against page builders. I was against that as well. Um, but on the other hand, if you build everything you know yourself, it takes development resources. And mm-hmm. when your team scales and you're limited on dev resources. Um, like the, the website and the things are more marketing related. So if you can delegate that in pretty good shape, you can't do everything with a page builder, but you can do yourself, obviously. But if you can do it close enough and today's builders are good enough to make it close enough, uh, then it's great because we don't need to involve development anymore when we want to release something on, the, on our website, right? Something which is marketing related. Uh, so I would actually recommend people to to start, at least check out what's going on with the new page builders.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's fantastic advice because uh, even like I'm a one-man band, I've got a few things going on, including online courses, a little bit of freelance work, this podcast, and uh, I'm a developer as well. And if I wanted to develop everything myself, well, all of my time would go to development and not to content creation. So yeah when I built my um my online courses platform I used WordPress and learn dash and i I vowed to uh put in as little code as possible um because I wanted to focus on building the courses and not the platform so um yeah i I love page builders there's one specifically that I really like and uh I think that's probably a smart move because then you could focus on putting those development resources towards building the product.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Cool. So uh, so you use your own kind of uh, PHP framework. Uh, you mentioned Angular. Uh, do you have things like, um, do you have like a development workflow of uh, use GitHub or testing uh, uh, sure. platforms or anything like that?
1: Um, so, we, we use Bitbucket for the private stuff, you know, because it's free, right? So mm-hmm. as a startup, yeah. we're trying to save money. We also have GitHub repositories for the public stuff. Um, we don't release any code before it goes through code review. It's super essential. Like, this is the... Everyone makes mistakes. Okay, Also, awesome. Like, our developers review my code. We, we have to do that process and... Also, we do uh, like automated testing that we've built. It's actually relatively new. Uh, when I say new, it's about a year. <laughs> uh, but we didn't have that for a while. And uh, we did have like a sequence of tests that we uh, run through every time before we release something, uh, which took us about a day of testing. And we spent probably a week to automate the whole process Um, and right now it's, you know, it reduced from a day to 20 minutes of testing. That's pretty amazing. Saves us a lot of time and it's great because we can, you know, we always just can extend that and it will test more use cases and regression tests and whatever we need. Um, and we are using something, um, it's called catalog studio. I don't know if you heard about it. It is based on Selenium, which is like the, the infrastructure for all the, you know, testing. Um, I think it's built with Java. Uh, So Catalon has, uh, it's like a wrapper. It's an Eclipse environment, custom environment for unit testing, Uh, not unit testing, for testing. And it it makes, it's a free project. I think it's open source as well. Uh, And it's pretty awesome.
0: Wow. That's that's great. Uh, so um, you mentioned, I think, something that more people need to hear, right? which is when you test something, it took about a day. Uh, it took you a week to set up automated testing. And now that testing is down to like 20 minutes. And I suspect that automated testing is probably more thorough than human t- or QA, you know, human-based QA testing, right? Because Uh, You mentioned like regression testing, so you could probably do things like that feature that worked before this new thing you built. It'll be tested after the new thing you built. I know that I'm not the greatest tester in the world. Uh, I test the things that I just built, um, and I have a good understanding of when I'm working with a team, what I've built, but not necessarily what they've built. And so automated testing uh, alleviates all of that. So you probably have better testing and it takes less time now. Is that, Does that sound right?
1: Yep, I think the key is actually to build a sequence, okay? Mm-hmm. And be consistent that every time before the release, you go through the whole sequence. Uh, that's the first phase. And later, if you have, you know, the time, the resources to prioritize that, actually build that to, you know, to run automatically. And our sequence is... Pretty complex. This is why it took us more than usual. Um, If your plugin theme, whatever product, is simpler, uh, then it may even be less than that because they provide you like a Chrome extension that you can use and you can click record and do a bunch of, you know, uh, things and add a, a bunch of asserts, right? You say that this is the expected element to show up on the screen or something and it will just record it. So you don't really need to write that down. In our case, it was more complex because it was actually involving sending emails and fetching the data through SMTP. So it's like checking database-related stuff. So it was a little more advanced than just you know clicking things on the uh, user interface and checking if it works as expected. But it can be easier; it depends on the product.
0: Gotcha. That's uh, that's uh, I think very valuable advice. I really like that. Um, and uh, it's that's it's very cool to hear about stuff like that. Um, cool. So we talked a little bit about your dev stack, about some automated testing. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes left here. So um, what are, you know, I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions I really like to ask, which uh, are, what are your plans for the future of, of So Are there big uh, features that you could talk about that are coming down the pike or things that you're thinking about as uh, maybe selling plugins online evolves.
1: Sure. Uh, so actually, we just released pretty huge feature. Uh, we haven't announced that on our blog yet or email about that. It's only uh, like we we have a Slack community where we share things first with them. Uh, so they're already using that. Uh, it took us almost three and a half years or three or a little more than that to release like a, a user's dashboard. So. The way we build Freemius um, is that uh, we try to put everything possible inside the WP admin dashboard of the users or customers, mm-hmm. because we believe that, you know, that's the comfort zone of the users. That's where they're staying, and they don't really need additional interfaces, right? So uh, if you were purchasing a product through Freemius, uh you were basically as a customer managing your account directly through the WP admin of your, uh, of the plugin or whatever theme plugin. And after three and a half years, we learned about various use cases, uh, why an external users or members dashboard, right? This is the, uh, the usual terminology is, is actually important to have because for example, just a few use cases, um, uh, if I'm on, if I already uninstalled the plugin, it means that I don't have a way to cancel my subscription right now, which usually yield like support tickets, uh, or th- there are a bunch of more different use cases. But we just released this fully featured um, user's dashboard that uh, any of our customers can easily embed inside their website, and it's responsive and everything, and it's pretty advanced. So you as a um, as a user or as a customer, as a customer can manage everything directly through that dashboard, um, update your payment methods, move from one subscription to another, uh, move licenses from one place to another. So that's pretty big for that for us. We've been working on that for a while. In terms of looking for the future, um, so I see Freemius um, as a solution that. Uh, Resolves all the pains of plugging theme developers. Okay, I want developers, uh, and I think that's what developers are really want to do: is focus on their products. They don't want to deal with marketing. They don't want to deal with e-commerce maintenance. Uh, they don't have uh, many times the knowledge and user experience. Uh, they don't want to talk with designers. They are not best in design, etc., etc. They are really good at building. You know, they Uh, specific product and functionality. And this is what we want to solve. Um, It means three components. First of all, the e-commerce side. So this is something that we're already solving. Uh, I think we have the, the most advanced product in terms of, you know, the feature set or the most feature reach. And it's also coming as a service, which means that you don't really need to deal with, you know, maintenance, right? If there is a problem, we just... Like you tell us, we release a fix and it's out there. You don't need to wait for some version release or something. Uh, so the e-commerce headache is something that we're solving. The second layer um, is actually about uh, pricing, the, the business aspect. Okay, developers, many of them, they don't have the knowledge, the experience. As And one of the things uh, that we're doing is we're proactively trying to help our uh, customers uh, we actually treat them as our customers, as our partners, because our business model is a revenue share. So we have a selfish interest to make them more successful, right? They make more money, we make more money. It's very simple equation. So we actually, you know, when we see things where they can get better at, maybe they can change the pricing a little or something, we uh, get involved and, you know, proactively try to help them to get better. So this is the second layer. The third layer is actually distribution, which means bringing them, the customers and users. Right now, we're not playing in the distribution world. We're more about the advising monetization team um, and the technological solution, but we also want to get into the distribution, which means bringing new customers. And there are many ways to do that. We're going to launch a bunch of exciting stuff on 2019. Uh, I can't talk about them yet, Uh, but, you know, that's the the goal, basically.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor, Gutenberg, are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare, including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch, visit pantheon.io/Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now, back to the show. You mentioned uh, your business model is a revenue share, which is a quote-unquote very selfish business model. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's a really a great business model because it makes you more invested you know, if I'm thinking about selling a couple of my own plugins very soon, um, and Freemius is, I know it's revenue share, so they are more invested in me selling more, right? As opposed to, I mean, WooCommerce is is a free plugin, right? Um, and I, I love WooCommerce. I use it for my online courses, but, uh, you know, the first thing they do is hit you with, oh, you should install Jetpack. And then when you install Jetpack, it brings you to a, big sales page, right? Like, like I'm using a platform where I'm trying to sell that is now actively selling to me. And I understand why. Uh, but this business model is more like, we're going to help you sell because we're going to make more money in the long run as well. Um, so like you said, it feels more like a partnership. um, It is. Yeah. It
1: is. You you actually mentioned, uh, the difference in the business models. So it, it, If we can look at that, right, every company has slightly different KPIs. The way WooCommerce or EBD are making money is by selling Mm add-ons, right? Their all focus and efforts is to make sure that new people will buy their add-ons and you will keep renewing their add-ons, right? So as long as you do that, they don't really care what's going on behind the scenes, whether your business is successful or not. Right? Not I'm not blaming them for something. It's just a mm-hmm. very different business model. Right? On the other hand, if you will not make money with Freemius, it means that we are not making money from you, which is right. a problem, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's it's uh it's the difference between a business doing just enough to see enough value to keep paying for the add-ons versus uh, a business helping my business actively grow because yep. we essentially grow together. Yep. Uh, that's great. Uh, and on that note, I like to ask you maybe my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: Trade secrets. Um, I think if you want to build a company, uh, there are many aspects that you need to focus at, but, over the years, what I found is like the, the two that are very important is the first one is uh, I think it's called in English dogfooding, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah dogfooding. You have to use your own to be your own customer or user because if you're not using your own product, you don't have the right intuition where to steer the wheel or the ship and because you are getting hopefully you have users and customers you know there's so much feedback many of the feedback is conflicting as well Mm -hmm. and this is why like it's really important to to be your your own customer and the reason like rating widgets is still alive and you know when we want to experiment something we first do that on rating widgets so we don't need to risk others Right. So, we try that, it's working great, we can deploy it for the others. If it doesn't, we move on. The second one is community. So, I think many people talk about that uh, in all spaces, but community is super important. Uh, it's actually it's like if you have a competing product and you have a stronger community, you are probably gonna win okay so I'm putting quotes here because mm-hmm. win, I'm not sure if it's the right word but WordPress is a great example for that okay WordPress is a mediocre product okay let's be you know frank about that mm-hmm. uh, but it has amazing community and that's the only reason why it got to 31% of the market okay because like if you put it to someone's hands like you give Wix or Squarespace to your mother versus WordPress, they will choose the other solutions. They won't go with WordPress, but the community and all the things that going on and uh, the fact that the community is actually involved in some way in the future of the product, it feels like, you know, uh, like there is a a collective mission here, right? So you're part of something that is bigger than you and people are really, you know, engaged into that process, into the project, and if you manage to build that around your company and product, um, like most likely you will succeed. It doesn't have to be with that specific product, but you will have the community that will help you to steer the, the ship toward the right direction. So, this is something that, you know, two things that I think are really essential to build a successful business.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Um, uh, that, I mean, WordPress is a mediocre product with an incredible community, might be my pull. I love product. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I love
1: WordPress.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We both love it. But I mean, you're absolutely right. My sister in law uh, said, I need a website. Um, And I said, You should use Squarespace because, like, I don't have time to hold your hand for the WordPress stuff. Um, And then when she was ready to kind of grow, I was like, All right, let's talk about using WordPress now. But like, just starting out, I knew that she would be able to build her own site much faster. Uh, and then when I felt, you know, when I had time and when she was ready, we talked about using WordPress. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. If you want to build community, you need to dog food your own product. You need to use it yourself uh, and you need to build a strong community. Uh, Vova, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, so you can catch me on Twitter. Uh, it's Vova Feldman. Okay, just like you hear it. Uh, you can also email me. It's vova at freemius.com. Um, I'm always happy to help with my pricing, business side of things. Um, you should also check out our blog, freemius.com slash blog. Uh, the sole focus of the blog is the business side of the WordPress uh, and plugins and themes economy. And we cover literally everything. Um, and also like we are open you know, for guest posts from other product people uh, to share their experience about different uh, unique knowledge stuff um, so feel free to email me or catch me on Twitter I'm available
0: Awesome, and I will put all of that and everything else we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it Vova, thanks again for joining me, it was a real pleasure talking to you Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks so much again to Vova Feldman for joining me on this, the last episode of Season 5, Episode 105. I really appreciate his time and his advice. I think he had a lot to offer, uh, especially when it comes to things like pricing uh, and having a good mission. And thanks once again to our season-long sponsor, Pantheon. They're doing great things over there at Pantheon, and you should definitely check them out. Uh, Thanks again to Creator Courses. If you want to learn about WordPress 5.0, whether you're a user, a freelancer, or a developer, check out the courses over at creatorcourses.com slash Gutenberg. My question of the week for you is somewhat related to episode 103's question, uh, which is, what is preventing you from selling a premium plugin? Premius focuses on that. And so, my question this week is if you are selling a premium plugin, what platform are you using and why? You can let me know over at Jay Casabona on Twitter or Joe at howIbuilt.it. If you liked this episode, you can uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review. Season 5 has been the best season yet as far as growth, and I appreciate that. And that's for uh, all of the people who are listening and leaving ratings and review, and and, and I really appreciate that. If you want to join in on the conversation in the off-season, you can get more How I Built It over on our Facebook page, which you can join at howibuilt.it. slash Facebook. For that and all of the show notes from this episode, you can go to howibuilt.it slash one zero five. Thanks so much for listening. And until next season, get out there and build something.